Hey guys, welcome to the Stringer Podcast on the phone sessions, a shortened version of the show where I take my talking from the studio and instead do it on the phone because we're all trying to do our part to work from home and continue to physically distance. This week, I'm going to try to get my good pal Sean Woodley on the line. Not only is he a talented writer, author, podcast host, radio personality, but we just teamed up with Woodley and Katie Heindel recently to launch a Basketball, which is a weekly podcast that dedicates a whole hour to bring you the gossip, the drama, the rumors, the fashion on a hilariously absurd new podcast about NBA and basketball culture. Let's see if we can get Woodley on the line. I know he had an early morning on radio. Let's hope he's not snoozing already. On the phone with me is Sean Woodley. Woodley, pal, how are you holding up? Happy Wednesday. It's it is certainly a Wednesday if days exist. That's how I'm holding up. I don't I don't yeah, know what completely. days are anymore. I don't know what the calendar is anymore. But I'm I'm doing all right, man. I I, I feel weird anytime I like start to delve into complaining because I'm probably doing better than most. Completely. I'm doing all right. <laughs> so I'm uh I I can't really have any too many grievances other than that. Uh, I wish I could go to the bar, but other than that, I'm all right. The 13th is a weird benchmark for me during these COVID times. The reason being is that March 13th was the last day we had everyone at the office. Right. Um, we, we decided on the 13th that we were going to go switch to a work from home model because over the two days leading up to it, we saw the NBA suspend play, uh, Major League Soccer and uh, the NHL suspend play. So the 13th is a, is a March benchmark. In April, the 13th was my birthday. And so I'm I'm one month removed from my birthday, two months removed from the last time I've had everyone in the office, and from the looks of it, we're like a month or two away from being to have like being able to have everyone in terms of the crew like back together in a centralized location again. Yeah, I I mean I hope it's sooner than that, but I'm not terribly hopeful. Uh, it's it's a bummer. Uh, happy one twelfth of birthday, by the way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's it's these little things that really benchmark this time at home, you know, being able to celebrate one twelfth birthdays. What 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 is a one twelfth birthday celebration? Is it just like a very small sliver of ice cream cake? Uh, is there uh, uh what it's one, one beer from donut. a pack. Oh yeah, one beer from a pack. Yeah, that's that's yeah, very yeah. easy. Yeah, okay. One beer from a pack. And I think the official one twelfth birthday dinner is going to be a vegetable. Like yeah. you, you haven't worked your way up to having a pizza or burgers or steak. You get vegetables, so pick your favorite vegetable and have at it. It's your day. Just a Enjoy just it. a single stalk of asparagus wrapped up in a wet paper towel and microwave for thirty <laughs> seconds. Happy one twelfth birthday. So I thought, you know, I've been trying this this thing where I get people on the phone. For me, I'm really not used to communicating. Uh, over like without being in the same room as someone I'm used to you know that vibe you get when you're sitting across from them when you kind of read the body language a little bit you can see you know just by how you're moving you know what stuff interests you what doesn't we guide the conversations that way so this is new to me it's weird that I can't see your face and literally you could spend this whole time rolling your eyes and I'd have absolutely no idea but I thought it was good timing because we just recently launched a podcast together, and I say we very loosely because you've done all the work, and we just get the benefit to adding you to our roster. 
but it was just a week ago that uh, basketball was added, and I still haven't found a smooth way of saying it. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I think I've settled in on uh, basketball and just derailing every single sentence <laughs> within which it appears, because it is, yeah, it, we, we. I think it's part of the fun. I like that the title is like a point of conversation, and I like the fact that it's basically just like the answer to the question, what is the podcast about? Uh, basketball? I guess, I think, kind of, yeah, sure. This came out of the idea that you first, you and Katie, uh, your co-host, first of all, wanted to be able to expand your your, your your footprint a little bit into speaking about the NBA en masse mm-hmm. instead of just the Raptors day in and day out, but also your mutual love between the two of you for all the finer, or all the funner details let's call it outside of of the 48 minutes that the guys are playing yeah i mean i think basketball coverage has kind of gone a little bit too far one way in recent years and i think it's sort of making a bit of a comeback but as we see sites like deadspin and all the other fun websites kind of go away it's being hurt and i do think I found myself, and look, I'm probably guilty of it. Like at the time where I was first starting out, just like blogging and stuff like that, I certainly dabbled in the hey, let's treat people as though they're assets, and let's treat uh, the person's dollar figure as their most outstanding and defining personality trait. And you know, I was much more worried with the whole oh, can this team win a championship as opposed to the oh, can this team be fun for 82 games, which is kind of now how how I view basketball. It's weird because the Raptors go and win a title as I embrace the sort of finer side of things but you know I think it even reinforces like this season with the Raptors they were incredibly fun and I didn't think they were going to win a title as great as they were and as 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 delightful as this season was I was under no illusions that they were going to beat Milwaukee or the Clippers or the Lakers and that was totally fine to me because maybe I'm happy because there's a title ring sitting on the finger and I have a bobblehead of Kyle Lowry with Larry OB but I think mostly it's just that the team offered a lot of fun and that to me I think was the real value of the the pre-Kawhi Raptors teams, right? Like, yeah, they always flamed out tremendously in the postseason, but for 82 games, they were a delight, and that is awesome. And then you kind of go from there, and if you sort of step away from thinking the salary cap and winning are the only thing that matters, then you can kind of really appreciate just how fucking batshit the NBA is and how like all over the place it, it can be and all the different storylines that emerge. And it doesn't even have to be storylines. It could just be w- weird oddities that you know pop up. I think this week on the Low Post podcast, you know Zach and uh, Zach Lowe and Jay Adonde were talking about how Benny the Bull makes an appearance at a very serious point in the Last Dance in that season, and it's just like this is like it highlights the absurdity of it all. Like, yes, it's very serious with this very serious since ba- like you know champion basketball team, but look at this guy in a bull mascot who's just there in the shot. I think kind of illuminating how dumb it all is, and I think appreciating how dumb it is is kind of the 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 point of the podcast but also there's heart to it right there's heart to it as well right there's there's storylines that are you know more than just like the human when you when you can sort of get away from the cap sheet and not look at you know oh this guy makes this much money he's a burden on the cap you can kind of appreciate the personal side of things right and i think that kind of makes it a little bit more touching than just like the weird goofball stuff and then all that together i think is just kind of the impetus for the podcast where You know, Katie and I have been talking about this stuff sort of confined to the Raptors parameters for a while, and we just wanted to expand it. And thankfully, you guys were like, sure, let's bring these doofuses on and and let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. And we very much appreciate you for that. I was so excited when we... 
uh, we met up at Blake Murphy's Christmas party. Yes. And I was so excited when you're like, yo, we should talk. Or one of us said we should talk. I'm just going to say it was you because you're very much the guy that I've always known to grab opportunities and not let go but i was so happy when you're like yeah we should talk and it may have taken us a couple months and also a pandemic for us to get everything moving (laughs) but hey there's no wall we can't topple absolutely yeah i i thought yeah talking to you guys and like i know i've known blake for a long time and i used to live with jake and you know i have connections with a lot of the guys and and girls who are part of the stringer network already and so i thought hey why not see if there's like an opportunity for this here if there's a chance for us to sneak in with this weird niche basketball podcast that maybe 500 people will like uh if that happens amazing <laughs> and so yeah i'm glad you guys brought us on board because i do think it's a pretty fun especially now too like you know it's not lost on us that we're starting a basketball podcast in a time where there's absolutely no basketball on the court to talk about but <laughs> i think it kind of highlights how like the nba is a never-ending cycle of stuff because every week we continue to have a google doc full of things from the nba we want to talk about even though a ball hasn't been bounced for two months right so um i i think it's there there is a lot of opportunity right now to kind of like establish yourself as someone who can talk about the the stuff that isn't the on-court stuff and some people are great at that there are people who are great at both things who can kind of balance them i've always found that i was not very good at cap math and uh you know was only okay at like breaking down sets and so i was like yeah let's let's go into this weird kooky uh, subjective thing where i can kind of uh fake my way through it a little bit but at the same time that's the stuff i love the most now and, and so i think there's a real chance here for that side of the game with no games actually to talk about to kind of be brought to the fore as you have you know NBA players just showcasing all different arrays of personalities across the spectrum like it's it's a lot of fun right now and it's uh it's a strange time to be starting a podcast but it's also kind of an exciting one did you go to J school like did did you go for journalism or where did you go for school I went to journalism school at Carleton um and that that school is weird because it's like terribly self-serious and any inkling of, Hey, I want to do sports. You kind of get your nose, like that your profs will like turn their nose up at you and you're like, you need to cover politics and science. And it's like, "Mm, I don't really care about this. So as much as they kind of discouraged it, pretty much all of my assignments while I was at school, I would work sports in somehow, whether it was going to like, you know, watch a Ottawa 67s game in the boonies and, you know, live tweeted or something like that. Some of my original tweets are like, uh, I think I might have made Twitter or like my current Twitter account just to go to the 67s game and live tweet like Sean Monahan uh, <laughs> for that 67s team for an assignment. And so that that's kind of how I approached J school. And then I, when I finished up, you know, I wanted to do I was even more sure that I wanted to do sports because I, after my first year at school, I got an internship with T, uh, CTV in Toronto, so the news station, uh, you know, Ken Shaw and all that stuff. And I, you know, was there for a month and it was fun, but it also depressed me horribly because every day it's like, oh, you have to go search up this uh, murder victim. You're the intern. Uh, go, go make these calls and, you know, talk to the family of this murder victim and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I cannot do this. And like one of my best friends, she, uh, like, while we were still in fourth year at school, got a job as an on-air personality with CBC Ottawa. And her very first day, and she was, like, so much more talented than all of us. It was hilarious. But um, on her very first day, she had to cover, like, a drowning of a child. And it's just like, nah, sports are for me. This is dark and depressing. And then so I got out of school, and I was like, all right, how do I do this? 
And I almost went, actually, me and my best friend, we went to the College of Sports Media on the same day for an interview to try to get into that school, which if you're not familiar, it's like a two-year program. A lot of the people you see on like Sportsnet and TSN are people who graduated from the CSM. And I was pretty sure I wanted to go until they were like, oh, it costs this amount of money. And I was like, oh, I don't have that amount of money. I'm just going to try to get an internship and start from here. My friend went, he's horribly successful now. He's like an anchor on Global News at West and he's doing great. But I kind of wanted to take the the path less trodden, I guess the less expensive path too, uh, and you know try to go the unpaid route. And so that's kind of how that all began. I ended up latching on because of my Bell Media connects from CTV with TSN Radio, and that's how things kind of started from there. And ever since then, it's just like, all right, I keep doing this. I will see what comes up. I, you know, if there's some sort of new thing that excites me, I'll take that on. But I also, you know, I think you're told this thing when you go through journalism school in particular, where it's like, just say yes to anything, any opportunity, say yes. And I think that's bullshit. I think you should say yes to things that excite you as opposed to things that just are like, hey, this is a job opportunity. This is like a move up the ladder. You should say yes to this thing. I never really prescribe to that. And I think, you know, and, you know, we'll see how it transpires as we continue further on into the world of no sports and my horribly unbalanced and very niche life uh, gets tested. But I think it's worked out pretty well where pretty much everything I do now is just things I like to do and you know I, I still have like six jobs that almost make a living but they're all jobs that I like and I'm not like feeling like they're a burden every single day so that's uh that's kind of the story there when you talk about an unbalanced life in the world of sports you're talking to a guy who produces sports documentaries for a living <laughs> that's what operates that, that's what drives the whole company every podcast is because we at one time made a sports documentary and we're now sitting on our hands wondering if it's ever going to come back again or if it does if they're going to want such frivolous content like the stuff I provide. So if anyone understands what you're feeling, Woodley, I hope it's me. <laughs> I hate when people use the term entrepreneurial spirit i don't know why maybe because it's become so cliche but there wasn't a word there wasn't a phrase that came to mind more when you talked about trying to forge your way or forge sports into what you were doing in j school at carlton and then when you decided to take your own path after school into kind of the new media realm it, it's just this self-starter mentality how far do you track that back because I want to like link it to everything I know about you that I'm like, yeah, Woodley, he is like the epitome of self-starters. He's the guy like, honestly, and I'll get into this in a minute, but you're the guy that I always thought of like your, your personality type is what I thought of whenever I talked, whenever I thought of a personality on radio or personality on television, it's a guy that's kind of has his fingers in a handful of different projects at any given time. Yeah, that's interesting. I also hate the term entrepreneurial spirit, and I would never say that because I have I have very little business acumen. And like, I don't think I could ever like run my own thing just because it's just not something I'm interested in or good at. And so I kind of just like try to latch on to as many talented people as I, as I possibly can, and hopefully I can do some things that will be valuable to them um, <laughs> if that if that helps. But no, like I mean, 
I was kind of late to the game when it came to just like doing things on your own and the new media stuff. Like I'm still not particularly good with like social and whatnot. I could absolutely be better. I'm not a very good editor. I, you know, I mostly just talk for a living and write for a living. And that seems to work for people right now. I'm sure things will change and I'll have to adapt. But for now, that that's kind of the stuff I'm into. And the, the writing in particular, that was very much like, all right, I'm just going to start this thing because I'm at my parents' house. It's the summer after I've graduated. Uh, my now fiance is like going away to teacher's college in North Bay. And I'm just very, very sad because she's not around. I'm sitting in the basement of my parents' house watching basketball all the time. Might as well do something with this time as I'm like toiling away like two days a week as an unpaid intern at TSN Radio. Um, and, you know, the rest of my days were spent being the gas meter reader guy who walks around your neighborhood and creeps in your backyard and reads the meter. Um, and so <laughs> when I got home, I was just like, all right, I'm going to start blogging. And I, I, you know, had a site called oh god what the hell is it it's off the internet now so don't even go look for it i'm not even going to say it just in case it's still on the internet because there's probably some bad stuff on there that i don't want people to read but not like nefarious just like wow that guy's a bad no. writer <laughs> um and so yeah i i started this blog and like i had some friends help me out with it too because they were all kind of in a similar spot this was before they all were smart and took pr jobs where they you know have salaries and whatnot uh in vacation days but i I just started a blog and then I eventually, you know, you, you, you blog enough about one thing and it's like, okay, I've tried to, you know, be a generalist here. I've talked about football and hockey and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really like writing about these sports. And it was basketball that kind of became the thing I enjoyed doing the most. And it just so happened that while I was at TSN radio, no one knew anything about basketball there. It was, you know, it's, I was working the morning and afternoon shows on TSN radio in Toronto. It's like 95% Leafs all the time. And so no one's really like thinking about basketball all that much, but then that's kind of around the time the Raptors got pretty good. This was like the 2014-15 season where they started off amazing. Interest was growing right after the the playoff season of 2013-14. And I kind of became the go-to like basketball knowledge guy. It's like, hey, well, let's throw this thing off of Sean in case he has something interesting that we can add into the show. You know, I would come up with like stats and stuff like that to give all the hosts just so they had them on hand and they seemed to appreciate that as well. And, you know, just kind of diving more into being a specialist kind of I think helped me get better at it and get like I understood the sport a lot more over the course of just watching it a ton and writing about it and then eventually it just kind of led into you know Raptors HQ says hey we want you to write for us and I'm like okay cool and then you have a couple other sites that are now defunct that are like hey want to write three dollar piece uh, post for us and I'm like yeah that sounds great uh, I remember getting my first paycheck from what is now the comeback dots dot com i can't remember what it was called before but my first paycheck was like six dollars and i was like hell yeah baby we're making money on basketball writing this is awesome of course that is sad in hindsight and they should pay people more but um it it was just kind of that and then over the course of time you get enough fingers in enough pies and you've ruined a lot of pies but you are well fed and so that was kind of the, the path for me there and you know it's just a, a matter of you know sometimes opportunities come up and, and you think about it and you're like yeah that's not really for me and then other ones come up like locked on raptors comes up with this new podcast network that's starting up and it's like yeah i will absolutely dive into this thing because i got all the time in the world to do a daily you know half hour podcast and then you know that kind of leads to a million other things because the podcast kind of gave gives you that voice where you're just in people's faces all the time so they're like fine we'll listen to you we'll we'll respect your opinion on the stupid raptors just stop but i never stopped and so now we here are now here we are today in 2020 and it's just it's uh 
I'm finally, this is like the first year where I've like finally felt like I've actually accomplished anything. It's been like six years since I graduated and now it finally feels like I've almost made it into the business. Still not full time anywhere or anything like that, but I kind of like it that and way. And that's because you started uh, basketball, right? That that was the crowning achievement at the very top of it. Yes, that, that was it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Being paid $3 a piece to write basketball articles on a blog, uh, writing out of your parents' place shortly out of school has it sunk in yet the fact that you can now walk into an indigo or when we're allowed to walk into an indigo you can walk into an indigo and see your name on the cover of a book yeah that was a pretty it was a wild summer last summer because i would do this thing anytime i went to a bookstore it's like oh i wonder if they have it here it was very very narcissistic but uh (laughs) i did it anyway and like it was cool i was out in halifax for like a month uh in august and it was it was great and we go to the halifax indigo and it's in there too and that was kind of like oh shit like this is not just a thing that is, uh, you know, confined to my very small internet circle, which most of my work was before. Like, this is something that people are actually buying, like, en masse. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's that hasn't really sunk in yet either. I mean, that, that was, like, an entirely, and you talk about opportunity, like, kind of the most backwards way for it to happen. It was mostly, you know, as a result of me not getting to cover the NBA finals, not getting the real opportunity I actually wanted um, because they only gave one credential to our site. And Daniel Reynolds, our intrepid leader over at HQ, he got the credential because he's been there forever and he's the king. And so I was just kind of sitting there on my hands like, all right, I guess I'll just cover from home and go drink at bars all the time while I watch the games. And then Alex Wong, my co-author on the book, you know, came to me just before the final started because he had just been reached out to just before the final started as well and was like you know i gotta write i gotta ask to write this book there's just not enough time for me to do this entire thing by monday which like 90 percent of the book was due like four days after we talked um and so we had to like whip it together extremely fast and it was basically just because i was not there covering the games but i had been covering the games all, all for the last few years and you know people recognized my podcast and my name and stuff and so i think alex trusted me enough that i would do a good enough job with it to bring him in bring me in on it with him and it was like Again, I was so disappointed I didn't get to cover the finals, but it worked out absolutely perfectly. And, you know, maybe that's, you know, I'm just overly charmed or something like that. I don't think so. I think it's just kind of random happenstance and you know, just good fortune in that one instance. But yeah, it was uh, pretty damn cool to be able to, to have that be the thing that sort of dominated my summer. It was just thinking about the book and, you know, and having that be sort of a thing that followed me around a little bit and like family being super weird about it. <laughs> my, my, my parents, like, once we're at a store and they were at Indigo or whatever and someone was in line buying the book and my mom was like my son wrote that my son wrote that and that for to to be able to like make your parents get super weird like that is uh, is pretty cool we the champs is the name of the book um i i'm hoping you're going to agree to sign my copy because the weirdness doesn't go you know just to your parents it definitely extends to 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 friends and partners on podcasts oh man the number of books i had to sign just like anytime i went to my parents house cuz my dad kept buying books i don't know why like he got free co- I got a bunch of free copies that I would have gladly given him and every two weeks he's like I bought 20 more I bought 20 more and he was just like he was just hucking them at work <laughs> and so and so I would like every time I go to my parents house they're like all right you got to sign these for uh, this guy at work and this guy at work and it's like all right sure whatever this makes sense this, I've signed like a hundred of these things stop buying these books you're you want to retire soon you should probably stop but uh, and so maybe he inflated the book sales numbers and I shouldn't be so happy about the the how well the book did but um yeah it was 
it was a very cool summer from that regard, just kind of getting to bask in that a little bit. And, uh, you know, the fact that I got to do the book also allowed me to just like take the entire month of August off. <laughs> and that was lovely. And it, it all it's it was it's been a pretty good year, man. It, it's you know, it was a lot of and there's still plenty of work to be done to like, you know, get benefits and uh, a full time job somewhere. But it's uh, it's nice that the number of things I have going on, at least one of them really popped and made it uh just like a, it was really satisfying. It was sort of, you know, I was probably like a year removed from thinking, all right, am I going to go to brewing school and, you know, just kind of give up on this thing? But the book was just like, all right, yeah, you're doing, you did the right thing. Stick with it. And I, I, I imagine I will, unless there are no sports forever. And uh, then I might have to go back to brewing school. Woodley, <laughs> you think we're friends now? Man, we're going to be tighter than brothers if you ever go to brewing school. <laughs> from forcing sports into J school at, uh, Carlton to then writing blogs for three dollars to starting the locked with locked on network as they launched doing the locked on Raptors podcast to doing the morning show on T- TSN and Hamilton uh, to writing a book and to now obviously as I said the crowning achievement launching a basketball it it's always fun and we don't always get the opportunity to look back and kind of see the benchmarks in your career but I have enjoyed thoroughly watching the benchmarks in your career and I hope you get to take moments especially in slow times like this to be like oh no what we do uh, is pretty cool and even though it feels like I'm treading water we're actually going great lengths in what we're trying to do and how we're growing yeah man it's uh it, it's definitely fun to look back as to you know and again i sound like such a narcissistic douche (laughs) just like thinking back to like where i was six years ago and thinking how far it's come it it is like pretty awesome to think all that work kind of paid off in a little small way uh and hopefully continues to pay off down the line At at the same time i think it's really important to sort of recognize the people who kind of put you in those positions, right? Like Daniel Reynolds, you know, he got me credentialed, you know, six months into me being a Raptors HQ. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And I've been covering games ever since. And that's because of him. You know, Alex didn't have to reach out to me to do the book, but he did. And it's awesome. And I appreciate him every single day for it because that doesn't happen just, you know, on my own thing. Like Alex is a far better writer than I, than I am. And people reached out to him originally and he put my name in. And so you have to appreciate that. And, you know, even when it comes to uh, basketball, uh, basketball, is that a basketball? Yeah. A basketball. Uh, basketball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that, I mean, you're not going to find many more talented, hilarious, and unique people than Katie Heindel. And I'm like so thrilled I get to work with her, you know, like an official, more than just Raptors once a week capacity. And, you know, doing the podcast with Katie is so easy because it's basically me being like, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s home run derby pitcher, where it's just like <laughs> throw something Katie's way. And then she just like smacks it 500 feet. And then we get so much out of it. And, and like, that's that's the joy is, you know, working with people who are awesome. And, you know, it goes even to, like, people like Vivek Jacob, who is uh, a wonderful writer doing great stuff for Complex and stuff right, right now. Uh, he's a weekly guy, a guest on, on Locked on Raptors. And the podcast, I don't think, really took off until he was a big part of it. And so I think it's really important to recognize the people who kind of butter your bread, as it were, and help you get where you are. Because, like, no one does it alone. And, and another guy, too, is Blake, right? Like, Blake is... I don't. I think it's not an understatement to say that the reason Raptors coverage is so robust and good across the board is because of Blake. Because without him, there's no bar to try to reach, and because of him, the bar is so freaking high 
that if you ever want to be considered anything, you know, anything close to relevant, you have to, you know, try to strive to be Blake. You can't be Blake because Blake does the fun, weird sidebar stuff as well as the on-court cap everything, all the smart person stuff so wonderfully well and so balanced and nuanced that the bar was so high and he's just so gracious with his time. I mean, he, he came on podcasts that I did when I was, you know, five people were listening to the show and it was like, hey, Blake, in the DMs, like, want to come on this podcast to talk about, like, the NBA draft for the Utah Jazz or something like that? And he's like, yeah, sure, great. And that is... Like he's a rare kind of guy, and so like that is another you know huge reason why I have had any sort of success is just like people like Blake being extremely, you know, courteous and not competitive, you know, very competitive in his own way, but like in a good way, and in a way that makes you better. And is he? He's not gonna like try to you know drown you out. I think it's kind of a rising tides lift all boats thing, and you know Blake is the guy. He's like the moon <laughs> who lifted the tide. So. Um, that's like, I think really important is, you know, not just thinking you did it all on your own because, oh boy, I certainly have not done shit on my own. It's, it's often with the help of far more talented people. And you are cut from the very same cloth. Don't cut yourself short. Uh, I am fortunate. I am lucky. I count myself among the most fortunate that I get to spend each week on calls and recording podcasts with people like you and Blake and Jake and Zoobs and the great team we have. Don't forget Dylan who does all the work here as well as sean k dylan rules it's uh it's having produced every element of my own podcast for four years uh i i know the work that goes into it and i know the work that goes into it make it sound good because i'm not so good at that stuff dylan's freaking awesome at that and uh yeah it doesn't work without him. also a graduate of the college of sports media there you go our conversation came full circle Right on. Giving them some love. Okay, I <laughs> promised you a 30-minute conversation. I could talk to you all day, Woodley. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, I look forward to, you know, at some point being in the same room again. Who knows when that's going to come. But when it does, or until then, we have uh, basketball launching every, or uh, dropping every Thursday. Locked on Raptors dropping five days a week daily. And then you on TSN Hamilton. Yeah, man. I'm also excited to see you in person because I left my iPad charger the last time I came to the studios before everything happened, and I still don't have that iPad charger, and it's bothering me. I should so, mail it to uh, you. <laughs> excited for excited to both see you and get my charger. If I was a real friend, I would have mailed it out. I look forward to chatting soon. Have an excellent, <laughs> excellent day. Thanks, buddy. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Please check the number and try your call again. <laughs> <laughs>